Farzine, navigational Doppler LiDAR. I always thought Doppler was related to weather. How does that work with the navigation system? Uh, well, it's actually the same principle. Uh, we also use Doppler effect uh, to measure velocity. Uh, the Doppler means that when you uh, illuminate a target uh, with, uh, uh, with an electromagnetic wave, could be you know, a radar uh, wave or it could be a laser beam, when that target moves, it causes a shift in the frequency and we measure that to, uh, to extract the velocity of the vehicle. So it's exactly the same principle that, that's used for uh, weather radars. But of course, in this case, you're using LIDAR. So yes. how does the NDL actually work? Okay, uh, so uh, the NDL in general provides position, speed, and direction of motion on the vehicle. These are the parameters you need for navigating. You use that when you drive your car, right? You use your GPS and your speedometer in the car. So it's just the same type of things. Now, of course, when we go to other planets or we go to the moon, there are no GPS. So we have to have an onboard sensor to give us position and velocity information. And that's what this system does. I understand that most of the time we do this using radar, but this offers some advantages. That's true. Uh, you mentioned weather radars. The radars are also used on, uh, on vehicles, space vehicles in particular, to measure the same type of parameters, you know, position, position meaning, you know, how far you are off the ground and your velocity, your speed and the direction you are traveling. Uh, however, uh, laser uh, provides a significant advantage over radar. Uh, being a much higher frequency means that it's more precise. And the laser beams are pencil beams. Uh, the radar diverges. And that also uh, mitigates a lot of issues that uh, inherent with radar system. So it's both precision and data quality. That, uh, that these poor whites. And this makes a lot of sense with spacecraft, because as you said, we're gonna be going to other, other moons, planets, types of surfaces that yes. we're not already very familiar with. Was that part of the thinking when you started developing this technology? Well, when we started, actually, the reason was that when we were talking to the engineers who are building these vehicles to go to Mars, and other places, uh, we hear a lot of complaints about the performance of the radars. Mm -hmm. uh, so that triggers uh, for us to start looking at alternatives. And using laser was an obvious choice, right? Mm -hmm. uh, so that's how we got it started. And so throughout this development, of course, we are working with those engineers in order to come up with the best optimum design that we could. And uh, that's kind of the process that it went through. So I understand the advantages that uh, NDL provides, yeah. but how is this gonna fit into NASA's overall plan with Artemis to go to the yeah. moon and then on to Mars? Mars, yes. Um, so, uh, of course, having a sensor that gives you a better measurements than the radar could have, you know, it helps those, uh, those landing uh, system designs. Uh, so this system essentially uh, works during those uh, late phases when you are making your approach and you're starting to uh, your maneuvers to land. So about 10 kilometers above the ground, 
the sensor will come on and will start making measurements and provides your position and velocity information to the vehicle. So during those critical time, during those approach and landing phase, uh, provides very good information, very good data about the vehicle so they can navigate precisely where they want to go and then land the vehicle gently on the ground. Which is what definitely what we want to see. Right, right. <laughs> now, I'm wondering, when it comes to the moon and perhaps Mars, uh, do you have to do anything different uh, with the system to handle different atmospheres or anything, or is this a one-size-fits-all kind of yeah. system? Well, uh, when we, as we are developing these for space, uh, we try to envelop all the applications so we don't have to make design changes from going from moon to Mars. So we try to design it such that the same uh, sensor system that can be used for both uh, applications or other places in the solar system. So as we prepare with Artemis to go to the moon uh, and Mars, uh, where are you guys in the development timeline? I mean, have you, do you have a working model? Where's, what's the status? Yes, uh, we are working on a, uh, a working model right now. It's almost done. So the first uh, engineering units uh, going to be demonstrated on two uh, commercial uh, landing missions in 2021. So only two years, less than two years away from now. Uh, so that would be a demonstration for Artemis. So, uh, so throughout this, we are going to be keep improving it, making it more robust. So for the Artemis, would be hold out more reliable uh, to ensure that the mission is successful. And that's really interesting too, because by flying on these commercial missions, you're actually getting uh, flight performance and, and actual uh, real data to help iterate the, the system. Absolutely, this is quite a luxury for us because normally uh, when NASA develops systems, they go through a bunch of tests you know, in the laboratories, you know, doing vibrations, they put them in the vacuum, they run them over different temperature, they radiate them. You go through all of those and you still have a little bit of a, a discomfort when you go to the space. Having this demonstration is extremely helpful to us as a developer and it's also helpful to the uh, mission uh, engineers that they would have more confidence in these sensors. They would have all this data, they know exactly how it's gonna perform. So it's, it's a quite, quite valuable experiment. And I imagine too, it's great for the partners because the, the actual commercial folks that fly it, you share that data with them and they actually can improve uh, uh, on their missions as well. Oh, oh yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Because in fact, one of the reasons we have these missions because these commercial companies were interested. They want to know how it works and they want to use them. Uh, in fact, uh, right now we are working with three different commercial companies uh, on, on this instrument. They want, to, they want to use it, they want to test them in their vehicles, they want to integrate it with their, uh, with their systems to see how they operate. And of course, to do these flight tests or flight uh, actual lunar landing demonstrations with them. And, and that just sets up perfectly for Artemis going back to the moon in 2024. Exactly. The timeline couldn't be more perfect. In 2021, we would have a demonstration. So there's ample time for this to get integrated into Artemis. Uh, also, uh, we keep talking about Artemis. There's all, all these other landing missions that NASA is working on, uh, like uh, Mars landings and, 
and other uh, locate other destination in the solar system uh, that this could be beneficial. Farzine, so tell me about some of the commercial partners that you're working with with this technology. Well, um, so you know, I mentioned about the benefits of this technology over the previous state of the technologies, uh, in particular the radar. So the commercial companies also that are working in uh, commercializing the space, they're also interested in this technology. And we are currently working with three of them. Uh, there are uh, Astrobotics uh, in Pennsylvania, the Intuitive Machine in Texas, and Blue Origin State of Washington. So we are working with them because of their interest. They also want to see how this would work with their system, with their landing system, uh, so they probably can use it as they uh, expand their, uh, their activities into their space.